This is Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. Naples-based artist Carmelo Blandino's distinctive work encapsulates the beauty of nature, challenges viewers to look beyond the conventions of constructed reality, and serves as a representation of his personal journey of growth and healing. A retrospective exhibition of works from Blandino titled Bloom Kapow will be at the Wasner Art Gallery at Florida Gulf Coast University January 17th through March 2nd. Ahead of an opening reception and artist talk this Saturday, January 14th, I recently sat down with Blandino and the two men who co-curated this exhibition, FGCU Art Gallery Director John Lasciuto and founding director of Naples-based Method and Concept, Chad Jensen. And in the interest of full disclosure, WGCU Public Media is a sponsor of this exhibition. Let's hear that conversation now. So, Carmelo, I understand this exhibition has been more than a year in the works, and, and I'm not sure maybe if you're the best one to answer this, or, or maybe John should take the rein first, but tell me a little bit about how this all came together. Sure, I can jump in. Being the uh, gallery director at FGCU, I've worked with Chad a number of times you know, with Method and Concept down in Naples, and we've done some different projects, and Carmelo's always been someone on the radar that we've really wanted to work with together and partner with to create this exhibition. And uh, we you know, were bouncing around that idea, and I think about a year and a half ago, we really thought this was the time to do it. It made sense with some of our exhibition you know, strategy and some of the things we've been doing in the past. And we also felt like it was a good time to bring people back together after COVID and the hurricane. And you know, I know that the hurricane was after, but just it, it felt like the right timing with the way that you know, things were playing out in Southwest Florida. All right. And I understand that there are pieces in this exhibition that the public hasn't had much access to. So this will really be a, maybe a first chance for a lot of people to see some of these works. That was mostly uh, thanks to Chad and Carmelo and their relationships with the community over many years. So I think, Chad, if you want to touch on that a bit. Yeah, of course. You know, with Method and Concept, we uh, represent as a, as a white cube gallery, but we also do design. And we've worked with Carmelo for, for geez, probably about 10 years, and we've known each other for a little bit longer than that. And he's such a good source of inspiration to begin a design project with. And so a lot of the pieces in this show were actually commissioned for private interior design projects. And so this will be the first time they're, they're viewed to the public. In terms of your co-curatorial approach, was there a, a particular period that you were focusing on, or will this be a, a full retrospective exhibition going back to even Carmelo's early work? It's definitely not a full retrospective. Uh, the amount of work that Carmelo's produced is just astounding. I'm, I'm still learning, you know, the depth of it and uh, from, you know, your time up, up in Milwaukee yeah. and, and yeah, different areas. Right. So, Carmelo, maybe you should, you know, talk a little bit yeah, more about it, that. It, it's sort of funny. To, we call it a retrospective. I, I refer to it as an introspective. Ah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of body of work in there that most people have not seen that have, has been developed as sort of uh, foundation work to be able to build my most recent. And... Um, one of the things that I was able to generate with Chad within the last few years, especially during COVID, is we had an exceptional showing at the Naples Botanical Garden, and that really solidified um, everything that I've pretty much been doing in Florida since I arrived in 2005. So it, it takes time to, to actually gestate and nurture and, and cultivate an artist's perception of certain things, and, and coming together and, and producing these flowers and the gardens and the representation it was time for it to, to come forward. So now being here at FGCU, it's just so appropriate to be able to reach uh, a younger audience, a broader audience. And it really feels sort of like 
it's time to release these pieces to the uh, to the general audience and for them to see it. And most of these works have not been seen yet, which is interesting. They've been in private collections. It's an opportunity. Well, and then the botanical show was really interesting because it came early in the pandemic, right. and that was another one that we were preparing for for a while, and who could right. have anticipated the pandemic <laughs> right. happening? And it ended up being really a blessing in disguise because um, the Botanical Garden had record attendance that year because of the pandemic. It's an open-air venue, so right. it was really fantastic. And then right. Carmelo, his work plays so well into the to the theme of the garden, and so it was really so interconnected, and he spent a lot of time in the garden developing that body of work. And so I think that was really a, a big catalyst for, for his yeah. body of work now moving forward is that, um, you know, you hope, you know, you watch an artist grow in their trajectory, and you hope you always see their sense of their self now as their best self and you can really tell that yeah. with Carmelo it seems like all of his his work is coming together right now I'm excited about it because it's um with every every exhibition there's always you know more work that you release that's new that's fresh and I have this opportunity right now with uh, GCU to be able to um show some of my more recent pieces my new direction these catalytic points happen in every artist's life so things happen that just basically open your awareness of expression and you you go. You head in that direction. You almost have a, a duty to yourself to be able to go there. But the platform, the audience, that's extremely important because I always say an artist without their audience, I mean, it kind of falls flat. So here we are. We we have an audience and, and we have a, a venue and and we have two great curators and it's going to be a great show. Yeah, I'm excited. And does that exploration you were just kind of referring to also extend to exploring mediums? Mm, always, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm continuously, continuously pushing the boundaries of my own um, my own mediums. And as soon as I start to feel a little comfortable with something, I say, okay, what's next? And where can I go with this? And uh, I challenge myself continuously. I'm always, always challenging and pushing new boundaries. Um, it's It's just something that invigorates me a lot. The styles end up changing. The topic ends up being always the same, which is nature and flowers. The application changes. Um, I try and make it as contemporary as possible. Uh, and then I, I try and remove a lot of layers that I don't need anymore in my work. And so I just bring in new forms of expression. Uh, it's a c continual ongoing journey. Yeah. Is balance important to your work? And by that I mean, you know, the combination of, of classic and contemporary techniques as well as a balance between, you know, realism and abstraction. Absolutely. The idea of balance for me comes in the idea of how you balance your life, how you balance your day-to-day. Uh, you have the, the pro, the cons, you have the anxiety and you have the happy moments, you have the love and the hate. Uh, all of that is also integrated inside the, uh, inside the work. Uh, the balance of abstraction to contemporary from classicism to, uh, to modernism, uh, it's all part of that integration. So art reflects life and life reflects art. And I think Chad and, and John have a really good take on that too. Um, you know, they, they were. It's always interesting to hear about your work through other people's perception. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you guys want to chime in, you've got. No, it's it's interesting having known Carmelo for so long and, and watched him develop. You know, his work over the past decade. Um, you know, he has a background in illustration. He has um, this love and this fascination as an early child with comic books, and uh, he's done graffiti. And so, like, you know, there used to be this thing in art where all those things used to feel siloed and they used to feel separate, and those all had to live as separate, you know, separate existences, and they couldn't kind of all come together and culminate into, into something. And I think Carmelo's at the point now where I think it's a, you know, it's age, you know, it's reflection, it's mm -hmm. wisdom, um, you know, coming together and you just, now he sees an opportunity. He's brought all of those things from his toolbox together and it's really exciting to see that all kind of evolve on the campus. 
John, you, you were a comic book kid, too. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, Carmelo and I have been talking about that for a while, you know, even when we were first talking about the opportunity to show at um, FGCU at the, at the Wasmer Gallery. And one of the things that was so exciting was that there was no pressure to necessarily follow any commission or any, you know, guidelines, that this could open it up and we could explore some new ideas. And I think that's something that we really pride ourselves in offering artists. And, and Carmelo, I know you, you know, took a leap at, you know, at that idea and said, yeah, I want to I try yeah. some new stuff, some different <laughs> ideas. And, and that's coming out through, you know, the, um, the introduction of superheroes and some pop icons and references that are intermixed with the flowers and nature. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a whole part of my life that sort of uh, has been this sort of tendency to reflect on. I've always sort of had my finger on the comic book pop I- iconography, but never quite understood why it had some sort of importance for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and how would I place this within my love for classicism and, and, and in art? So it was sort of like um, a touchy sort of way of like, I, I want to do this, but I don't want it to be crafty. I don't want it to be um, hokey, you know, you want to use those type of words. I, it, needed, it needed to blend in and balance, as we said, in, in a good way. So how do, I, how do I introduce that? And I found that working with the sound effects of what you actually find in the comic books really pinpointed eras and pinpointed uh, emotions and, and so on. So I started to bring those in, and, and the piece Crash is the opening piece to what will probably be another two or three years of having to work with that idea. So it's, it's definitely the launch of something, and, and that's why I'm excited about having that piece here. Well, the yeah. interesting thing about Crash, too, and I can't remember the exact timeline on that, yeah. but, you know, as Carmelo was working to bring in these, uh, this narrative component of the comic books and mm-hmm. the sound effects, was right around the time that, um, mm-hmm. with the cancer diagnosis yeah. again, yeah. and it was really interesting to see the crash yeah. with the yeah. flower explosion, <coughs> because something that uh, that's very important to Carmelo in his work is that he's always painting flowers, like, in their state of growth or at their fullest potential, never in a state of decay or decline so that that vibrancy and that life is always coming through the canvas quite a bit and so to see the crash kind of juxtapose that is um yeah no definitely that was uh that was unexpected because i had been three years in um what we would call remission i mean we can't say cancer free technically because obviously uh, but then i was diagnosed last year around this time and um i had um, brain cancer so i had surgery for that i had small intestinal cancer i had surgery for that and then they they opened up my trachea where we found another cancer growth in there and so crash was exactly that it was really here i am in the forward momentum with a lot of my work and and things just came to a halt it's also the opposite way now in the sense that now I'm basically in remission again one year later, and thanks to modern medicine and some absolutely amazing doctors uh, at, at the medical field, that now crashes, crashier I come out of this. You know, yeah. it's like it's, 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 so it, it works both ways. And we do live in a duality continuously, and you know how we see the world. Either you can see it uh, bright and joyful and cheery, or you can see doom and gloom. So I went the, I always go the bright and cheerful and, and, and well, positive. volumes to your, to your recovery uh, as well. I mean. Yeah, it hasn't been easy. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say, th- there's, there, is, there are moments where it's, it's tough, it's hard, but um, yeah, you know. You just resiliency and the, resiliency. I mean, Carmelo is, I've always called him a spiritual warrior, and I don't think uh, <laughs> without having 
that uh, the support that he does from his wife and his friends and yeah. from his mental attitude, I mean, it's just so sharp. Um, you know, I think it's really helped him through, and you see that reflected in his work. You know, yeah. no, definitely the the support mechanism was incredibly important. And uh, I mean, I had my friends. I had you know Chad and Amy uh, from from Ethylene Concept. We've been friends forever, and they were very quick to give me the space to be able to create in the way that I felt necessary uh, in terms of for my recovery, um, to spin the show around immediately in, in order to reflect also the fact that this is a real human going through some real human stuff. And uh, let's, let's, uh, let's see how we can navigate this. And John also coming through and saying, we realize you've, you've been diagnosed with cancer again, but we're, go- we're moving forward with all of this. We're, we're going to make it work. And, of course, uh, kudos to, to my lovely wife for, for being there like, from the get-go. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like support is very important. You know? yeah. yeah, I wanted to jump in and <clears throat> just say it's, it's so interesting when, when we produce an exhibition, the public sees the final result. They don't see the journey right. on how we get there. <laughs> and every, every exhibition does have a journey. This one was one of the most kind of emotional and intense ones, and also one of the ones that was most linked to the area. And I think what Carmelo and Chad were saying, it brought us together in a way that was creative and responsive to how do we still do this exhibition in the right way. And it also brought the area uh, collectors of Carmelo's work together. And I just spent last week picking up the work from different collectors' homes, and I was amazed at the emotional response when I walked into their homes because they love the work so much. And even though it's only going to be on loan until March 2nd, they wanted to know, when can I have it back? I, <laughs> I can't live without this. I want this in my home. And it just brought it all, all together for me that this was an artist that is loved by the community. Right. And really, this journey we've been on has been a deep one and emotional one. Oh, it's, it's been absolutely amazing. You don't realize it until moments like this actually happen in your life. And then people start talking about it, and you see the response. As artists, we kind of live in our own own little world in our studio, and then you you let the work out. And um, yeah, I, I think that <laughs> having heard about the donor's response, they're like, "When am I going to get the work back?" I mean, that's that's ultimate. Well, that's, you know, I think there's like endless narratives in in <laughs> Carmelo's flowers, and everybody finds something to connect to. And it's um, you know, I was reflecting on the exhibition, and there are actually a few collectors in there that did collect those pieces um, as a healing source for them in their lives after they lost a loved one or something. And that's completely separate from Carmelo's journey, which is incredibly interesting to me, is that they don't have to know his journey. They don't have to know anything about his story to then feel something that brings them continuous joy. You know, in their life, there's there's one of the, the big pieces in the show that, that one of the collectors had, had did kind of in honor of um, a past loved one. And so mm-hmm. the fact that these become symbols now of love and joy yeah. that are continue to give back to their families, I think is really important. Yeah. Um, Carmelo, I had read that your your early works did kind of tend to be a little darker. I'm curious if you could just tell us about that journey, not so much with yeah. the cancer battle, yeah. but just the creative journey. Yeah, it, it, they were dark just because I guess my work has always been sort of like um, a way of releasing things that need to come out of me. And so in your mind, you see things one way. And then when you're p- going intuitively to pick the colors that you want, the pieces end up being darker. So you're like, okay, so there's this sort of thing that needs to come out. So you get to work and it's a process of just letting them out over and over and over again until then you have a shift and a breakthrough and then more color starts to come in and more light. 
And that's pretty much been the, uh, the, the course of my work. And, and they used to be smaller, and now they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think as my own reflection, my own innerscape starts to expand, is, is you see that reflected in the work. You know, I, I, wear, I wear my work, my heart on my sleeve. It's like what you see on the wall is pretty much where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, we're, I'm vulnerable in that way, but not really because it's just you, you just it's just part of it. You just let yourself go, and and as Chad was saying, uh, you know, I'm happy to hear that somebody used it as a healing modality because a lot of what I've been doing is healing my own inner traumas or turmoils or whatever the hell it is that we come in with or we develop around t- as we're growing up. And I, I remember in 2013 having put together a piece of meditative pieces uh, specifically designed. Uh, for people to to heal with, to, to to stand in front of them, and Chad's been carrying those for a while at his gallery, also, and uh, people buy them really to 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 feel good about themselves and to offer themselves some inner reflection, and and yeah, mm-hmm. part of their journey. Yeah. Um, just piggybacking on what sure. you were just talking about in yeah. terms of the you know the therapeutic process, mm-hmm. working through your own traumas. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have said. Um, you want to live in a relationship with a world that's that's childlike, mm. and that seems kind of related. I was hoping you could say more about that. Um, yeah, uh, childlike in the sense that um, you know, full acceptance of everybody for who they are, uh, without with try, without trying to come into a form of judgment or a reluctancy or like meeting people at at the level of heart. Without without criticism, without judgment, um, kind of like we all play in the same sandbox and we're all having fun. And not trying to kick anybody out, uh, you come and go as you want, sort of thing. It's, it's idyllic, um, but I think a lot of times our minds sort of get in the way in the flow of that, and we sort of stop it from from progressing. So yeah, childlike, finding the innocence and the pleasure, and just being able to walk through a field, enjoying the sunset, having a drink with a friend, with without having to, uh, um, you know, uh, criticize, judge, or um, you know structure that in some form or some content of what pleases you. It's just, you know, basically letting things be for what they are. All right. It's childlike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, childlike, I think, too, in the sense of, like, when the three of us, for instance, were kids, there was still an element of a uh, right. mystery. Mystery. Yeah, yeah there's a question too. mark behind a lot of things before yeah. we had the answers, you know, in our in the palm of our hand within five seconds, you know. Yeah, like not being jaded adults. Yeah. That, that bit yeah. of wonderment, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, um, and you're right. I think I think we try and figure things out a little too quickly like we're always <laughs> there was something beautiful and not knowing and just right. wondering about things sometimes yeah. and I think sometimes the simplicity and in and Carmela's subject matter really lends that yeah, yeah. Oh, oh Carmela with, with nature being such a huge part of your yeah. work um, I'm curious about how living here in the subtropics impacts your work I mean I've been here for 20 odd years but because I didn't grow up here it just always seems fun and exotic to me. Like I'll never get tired of little, you know, green and old lizards running right. around. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's that's what I like also about it is that we we are very well integrated into nature. How many times have we stopped at a, a red light and there's a an egret just walking across or mm-hmm. jumping on a car? That's sort of the beauty of living in Florida. And at first, coming from up north, having grown up in Montreal and being in the woods up in Canada. It was a hard integration because the, you, you see the changing seasons, and it's a lot more subtle here. But when you start to figure it out, you see and you see the subtlety. There's a lot of beauty in that. Being surrounded by the water, the sunsets, the the, the flora and fauna, 
it's influenced my work a lot. And the mostly, mostly the biggest influence I would have to say are the colors, the colors of the uh, of the area. Um, those those colors just strike you so hard. And um, yeah, just a lot to play with. There's just so much over here. I mean, I, I think for some people, they just don't see it until you're well integrated into Florida. But there's a lot to play with. Yeah, yeah I've seen that shift happen with a number of artists. They, they live in a kind of semi-industrious city or they live right. somewhere in the Northeast or like Carmelo from Montreal. And, and, you know, your life is very different up there with the seasons. And then they come to Florida. And in my experience, John, I'm similar to you about 20 years ago. I remember it was like I felt like Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day. <laughs> yeah. Every day was the same for a long time. Yeah. It takes a long time to acclimate. But yeah. I really see the effect in artists more than yeah. anything because it's like a whole new world. It's like Avatar opens up to them or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they start getting exposed to animals and flora and fauna that they have never seen before. And it's really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And, and Chad, kind of a similar question. You know, you, you've dropped anchor here. You founded Method and Concept here. You've been a tireless leader in the Naples region uh, when it comes to the cultural landscape and advocating for public art. Why here? You know, we'd moved down. My family had retired uh, early to the Southwest Florida area, and then we'd started. My wife and I had started looking, and uh, and I had found a company in Naples that um that I just absolutely connected with with the uh, the Rileys and the Thomas Riley Artisans Guild, and we've just. We've developed a niche market that we we're able to piggyback on, on the success of that company, but plus also find that there was a real niche in the Southwest Florida market for contemporary art and a way to support contemporary artists. And as an artist myself, it's more of an artist-run space. Uh, we we're able to be sensitive in a way to artists and their needs to support them and, and provide an exhibition space for them, um, while also bringing something new to the Southwest Florida landscape. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and John, is this exhibition going to be incorporated in any way? Um, into the, the learning environment here on the FGCU campus. It actually already has been. Carmelo had a great idea, which I'm so thankful for, um, that it got completed, where we could actually have the FGCU students collaborate with him. So they went down to a studio in Naples, and they worked on a piece, and Carmelo was uh, really generous in his time and teaching them new techniques on, on how to apply silkscreen and different paint techniques, and he's also amazingly donating one of the collaborative pieces to uh, our permanent collection. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Absolutely. Carmelo. No, it's my pleasure. It was, it was so much fun uh, to be able to extend that and extend, you know, whatever is going on in my head <laughs> have somebody else apply it. Uh, it, it was really a lot of fun. I, I just love collaborating with other people on pieces. So thank you for that, John, too. Oh, well, wonderful. And, and I know, John, expanding the, the art gallery here's, uh, you know, permanent collection has been a big goal of yours. So this has got to be a, a, a good get. <laughs> Absolutely. And the Wasmer family, uh, Marty Wasmer, also bought a premier piece of, of Carmelo's right. and uh, donated that to yeah. us as well. So we have two in our collection now, yeah, and the collection is just growing like crazy. We're so thankful to our donors. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say, too, John has, has done such great things for the Florida community and in, in trying to focus every year with his programming here at FGCU. He really tries to put a focus on Florida artists, which is you know heavily needed in our region. And so him shining a light on the local community and local artists and somebody like Carmelo is, does a service to the to the entire arts community. Yeah. Uh, tell me about working together to curate this. Is it is it almost easier working alone, or is it harder to collaborate, or, or because you're all familiar with each other and you know Carmelo so well, was it just more of a natural process? When I moved down here, you know, I, I think Chad and I became friends first and foremost 
you know, just because, you know, personalities. And then we slowly started to think about the possibility of collaboration. And we, I think we we're both on the same mindset of that, that it had to be the right fit and not forced. And we did a great uh, exhibition with Matt Schlein that was a perfect fit for both our students and for uh, what you know Chad's ambitions were, as well as Matt's. And then we waited for six years. I mean, it's been a while, five years, something like that. And because we just needed to find that right fit again. And Carmela was that. So I, I, it's easy when you have the right people, you know, and, and everyone has the same goals. And I think that's what this exhibition uh, reminded me as well, that you know, finding the right people with the same I, mindset. I, I think you, you, you just said the actual thing, the right people with the right mindset and the right goals. I had met Chad before meeting you, John, and um, I was completely blown away from his work. One of the things when I came here was that I found it was sort of lacking in the idea of what real contemporary art would be, in air quotes. And Chad brought that immediately with his work, his sculptural work. And so we connected at that level, and we would exchange ideas continuously. And what if one day we do this, and what if one day... And so that day is here now, and then with the collaboration of John bringing in the actual space where we can actually... You you know put these ideas forward and let people see it. Um, yeah, it was, it was the timing. It was re- it was really all about that. But the mindset, I think, the underlying factor here is that the three of us think quite alike, and, and we sort of have a, an underlying mission to have to bring art to the community. Uh, you know that is contemporary, that is uh, fresh yeah. all the time, and yeah. So yeah, I think I've always said that if you know if you're curating good artists and you're working with good people, then all we have to do as curators is just not mess it up, right? So yeah. Carmelo, <laughs> Carmelo provided, you know, the, the resources and the toolbox, so to speak, for yeah. the work. And all John and I had to do was really put together, you know, a cohesive exhibition with, you know, with a narrative that we could tell. And, and I think, you know, his work, you know, all goes well together. So um, it's just a matter of which pieces. And I think we really tried to focus on the past 10 years of his work in Florida, which, um, which I think you'll see is yeah. most representative of his current body of work. Yeah, mm-hmm. it goes as far as the last three days, three days That's ago. Right. <laughs> All right, so it must be some so, brand new works. Yeah, so. Oh no, absolutely. There's always brand new works. There's all, every exhibition. There's always um, what was, what is, and what's to come. Yeah, the, the the new series that you just worked on, and that was uh, by kind of riffing off of a. Um, a French slash Belgian sure. artist Redoute. Uh, that is great because it goes back and and you know refers to one of the premier historical botanical artists mm-hmm. uh, that was championed by um, I think Napoleon and and yeah, so he, you can talk more about that. Uh, I, I think he went to f- I'm not sure if it's three or five um, uh, monarchs basically and and his work has been. He was he was a prominent illustrator, botanical artist, and he was accepted at the universities as part of the the actual botanical artists of the time. And Ludutti was an excellent draftsman and illustrator, and uh, his impeccable compositions were were renowned. And he was also renowned for his lily, lilies. And um, I mean, there were tons and like hundreds of volumes of his plates that were put together. And I had purchased a few of his books back in New York, and I just held on to them because I just loved the composition. They were a source of inspiration. But as I kept growing as an artist, I wanted to do something more with it. And so having been an, art, an illustrator and moved myself out of that domain into a more contemporary fine art field, I started to play with that idea as well if I were to work with Ludutti's images and start superimposing my view of how they would be seen today. 
Mm-hmm. You know, taking into account uh, the 1970s, actually we'll go as far back as the American 1950s contemporary abstract expressionism, right into the 70s with Warhol and 80s with Rauschenberg and so on. What would the works look like today if I were to actually, uh, which I did. <laughs> and there's 23 plates that you worked on. 23 thus far, and then it's going to be an ongoing series. Uh, my, my, my plan is to probably cover all 200 of his own plates. Oh, wonderful. And just cover right on top of that. And so they, they are sort of, um, you know, and also my, my love for books, my representation, my, my love for books, my love for graphic design. Uh, I studied art the old the old way when we didn't have any computers and everything had to be done by hand and uh, so that all comes into into play with these pieces. So well, the interesting context in that on that series too is that Carmelo is typically a large format painter, so a lot of his movement comes from the shoulder, and so he does do smaller works and more from the wrist. Um, but these smaller works that he's talking about from the book. We're interesting because he has a large studio where he paints these large format canvases, but I think it was during a lot of the process of when you were going through some yeah. of your recovery that yeah. it just speaks to, you know, I just want to bring this up because I think it speaks to the resilience sometimes and the healing power of the arts, not just for the viewer, but for the artist, you know, and so Carmelo couldn't be in his studio at some of those points or maybe didn't have the right headspace for those large format canvases, but this was something that was mobile that he could have with him. And even some of the work that you do on your iPad uh, right. was getting right. really interesting. And that was like a kind of a new source of medium for him. Yeah. 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 Out of necessity, a lot of these works were born out of necessity. I, I, I wasn't able to go to the studio, although it was, it was always there. Um, I never shut it down, but I, I, was, I set up a second studio in my, in my garage at home and set up a whole bunch of tables there. And um, like Chad said, usually I work from the wrist and the shoulder and there's an incredible amount of movement. This time it was simply the, the wrist and, and my heart because it was very close to the paper, you see. Yeah. So as, as things are just pouring out of my heart, I'm just going ahead and scribbling without, without thought, without giving it a second thought or, or trying to edit my process. Um, so this was born out of that of necessity of expression and um, what if, what if I can't paint anymore? What if I end up being in the state of, you know, not being able to be mobile because anything can happen with cancer. I mean, um, so, 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 but the, the, the expression uh, needed to be put out there. And uh, I'll just very quickly, one of the biggest inspirations I had was growing up in Quebec. There was a painter called Jean-Paul Lyopel, a very famous Canadian artist. Um, and, and I remember him seeing a documentary of him when he was in his late 70s, early 80s, and uh, he had arthritis all over the place and all over his body, and he wasn't able to paint, and he, he would grab fishnets and dead birds and put them on these huge panels that were like 12 feet long, and he would just splatter them on and then spray paint around them and actually remove the object, and he'd be left with an imprint. So that's where I said, wait a second. <laughs> There's a technique, there's a form to it, there's the, the expression is always there. Um, seeing also, like going back to seeing Matisse at the moment when he wasn't able to paint anymore, doing paper cutouts. Mm. Uh, uh, Degas, when he, was, he started to lose his sight, started yeah, to sculpt. Frida, yeah. Degas started to sculpt, Frida started to paint. So it, it's there, it's an integral part of, of being an artist, the, the expression, and um, you, know, you, can, you can grab uh, anything and, and basically create art with it. So I grabbed that book. <laughs> and markers and, and stencils and comic books. So let's go. 
And, yeah. and Carmelo, I, I know you previously taught drawing at a Dawson College in mm. Montreal. Yeah. You've done workshops at the Von Liebig Art Center here locally. Mm. I'm, I'm curious if there's any kind of central lesson or piece of advice that you strive to impart on, on burgeoning artists. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the one consistent thing that I kept seeing in burgeoning artists is the, the fear of being able to express themselves uh, authentically. And so I would just say, like, when, when that comes up, it's just push right through it. And it doesn't have to look like anything realistic or anything specific. It, it's, it's the actual mark on the paper that is more important than the, uh, you know, when something is realistic or then it needs to look like something. It's the mark that I think is more important. And, and the mark reflects the, what you have in your heart. And when you're trying to get something very realistic or reflect some sort of... Um, what I'm trying to say is basically when you're trying to make it look like something and reproducing a copy of something, you're in your head yeah. and basically just go ahead and, and paint with your heart and, you know, push through that barrier. And that's that's constant, constant, constant in all my workshops. Yeah. And I think we touched on something earlier. Carmelo is super generous with his time. He's constantly giving back. He's done things with Youth Haven and a number of organizations, nonprofits. He's donated a ton of his work. But what really fascinates me is you know, as an artist, I think, John, you can attest to this as well. Um, John's an artist as well. Is that, you know, sometimes artists like to be really, like, in the back room and quiet. And Carmelo is, like, he can operate. He can be painting in a room of a 1,000 people and be talking to every one of them at the same time. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's an art in that just in <laughs> itself. And so we've done exhibitions in the gallery where we've actually put his studio in the space. And he's just that, uh, that open to connecting with people. And you really mm. see that connection reflected in the work as well and people get that kind of glimpse behind his process a little bit and he's so giving with with how he works and what he does and you know a lot of artists you know when they get asked what kind of materials they use they won't tell anybody Carmelo right. gives them a list where to buy it yeah. where to get it on <laughs> discount you know I do actually and, and interesting that you would say that the only time I've ever held back in in my process has been just this year where I've actually been when I had my cancer diagnosis I, I stopped, I pulled back a little bit just because I knew that it was crucial for me to, uh, you know, regroup all that energy again and then come forward once it was ready. Um, but um, I, I get a big kick out of meeting people. Everybody has a story. It's interesting to hear the story. Everybody has um, something they want to express. And, and I never I never really saw myself as being above the helm of all of that. It's always, we're all equals. We've all gone through the same journey. Uh, how can I help? You know, how can I be there to help or how can you help me also? There's also that part of it. That what are we bringing to each other? Yeah. So that exchange is always fun. And uh, it doesn't mean because it's an art gallery and I'm an artist that he can't speak to me or he can't look at the work. Or sometimes uh, when I was working in Caustic, I would encourage my um, my patrons or the, the viewers to touch the actual painting. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. There's a tactile form to the actual painting that when you start to touch it, you, you feel... The artist's intention, the brush. Uh, now, most museum conservative conservatists would probably say, "Don't do that." But that's, I'm, you know, it's my work. It's fine. Well, when you had mentioned too, John, about his work, his earlier work being dark, I want to refer. That's more dark in tonality than mm -hmm. it is in content. Okay. Um, so he was, you know, I think a lot of Carmelo's, you know, his Italian heritage and background and living there and his upbringing. I think a lot of those old masters' works, those ideas of chiaroscuro, and that's kind yes. of the darkness that, that yeah, I think yeah. I was playing. In his yeah, work. actually, thanks, Chad. Yeah. It's not the darkness of the heart. It was really the darkness of the understanding of how I, what my background was and what I had studied. Remember, I, I never really learned in an ac academic field. I was self-taught. 
So all of my all of my work came from looking at books and reading about it and seeing what breakthroughs these artists had. And I, I learned to draw by by studying Van Dyke and Egon Schiele and Gustav Klimt and you know more recently uh, the Kooning and, and Hockney and those are those are my teachers. Um, so there's been a progression from classicism to more contemporary art and yeah, um, I think it's just a journey that most artists take. And but yeah, thanks for clarifying that, Chad. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to experience this exhibition. But and uh, thanks so much for taking the time to be with me. We are about out of time today, but I want to thank my guests. We've been in studio with Naples-based artist Carmelo Blandino. A retrospective exhibition of his works titled Bloom Kapow opens next Tuesday, January 17th at the Wasmer Art Gallery here at Florida Gulf Coast University. And that exhibition runs through March 2nd. An artist presentation from the artist himself takes place this Saturday, January 14th from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m., followed by an opening reception from 11.30 to 12.30. Carmelo, thanks so much for taking the time to share your insights and and share your work with us. Thank you, John. Really appreciate the opportunity, and Chad and John. Yeah, thank you. All of you. He's also been joined by the co-curators of this retrospective exhibition of GCU professor and art gallery director, John Lascuto, an artist, furniture maker, designer, and founding director of Method and Concept, Chad Jensen. Thank you both for your work on this project and for taking the time to be with us. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. John. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl, or subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by Jared Gonzalez and yours truly. Our director is Richard Chinqui. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.1. 7 FM NPR for Southwest Florida.